feature presentation. Let him come. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone, to another Untitled Movie Review. I am one of your hosts, uh, Matt Rohr. I forgot my name. <laughs> you were so you were so caught up in in, in delivering that yeah, line beautifully. I, I, was, uh, I thought Peter Optimus, Cullen was in the in the yeah. room with us. Uh, Optimus Matt, uh, alongside he's allergic to tomatoes, but he is tomato meter approved. Eric Marchin. Uh, that's uh, Eric Cheetor Marchin. Yeah, Thank you very much. Yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, the Beast Wars have begun, my friend. Um, are you a beastie or are you a. Uh, 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 I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. <laughs> it's it's Friday morning. I, I think I am a little bit of a beastie boy. Uh, I grew That's up better. That's, um, way better. That's way better. Watching the show in the late 90s. And uh, I think Same. like any kid in that age group that was obsessed with that show uh, collected as many of the action figures as possible. So I think actually, and I don't know if you feel the same, um, but I felt like I had more of an affinity for Beast Wars or Beasties, as it was known in Canada, uh, than the original Transformers series. Even though uh, the 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 first movie, the '86 film, uh, not the show, but the movie, I had seen before and 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 I had really liked, and and obviously Unicron's a big part of that movie. Uh, both literally and, and figuratively. So, you know, like this I movie I, takes a lot from that movie kind of. Yeah. Well, well parts I mean, of it, because it's yeah. it like, like one storyline that it doesn't and, and everybody knows about it because it's very notorious is that in the first 10 minutes of that movie, Optimus prime dies. And so do the original lineup of the transformers. And the reason for that was because, uh, Hasbro and the marketing team were making way new toys, new toys right? So yeah. they're bringing in new characters, but because kids were so attached to Optimus and all of those other characters, when that happened, it became one of the most traumatic experiences for kids <laughs> in the late eighties growing up with those toys and that they had to bring them back into the new series. And, and it actually even affected um, the GI Joe movie because in the GI Joe animated film, Duke dies and, uh, they re kind of edited the film to make it like, Oh, he fell into a coma. And then at yeah, the very they end, kind of do that in the movies too, or something. Yeah. Like and then at the end of that film, they're like, he woke up, he's good, but you never see yeah. him on camera again. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. I, I'm kind of with you where I was a big transformers kid, but uh beast wars or beasties in Canada, I think because that came out in the nineties, that was almost like my transformers series. Right. And yeah. then I knew Optimus and I knew the maximals and stuff through that series. And I became obsessed with transformers, I think because of beast wars. So that being said, like I was, I, I can't say I was like, you know, you know kind of what you're getting with the Transformers movie, right? Like, And first off, I want to say no spoilers in this review. I know last week when we made our comeback, we said, oh, all of our new reviews are going to drop on the day of a movie's release and they'll have uh, full spoilers. Uh, we're embargoed on spoilers until um, next week. So we cannot talk spoilers and specifics in this review, but we'll dance around stuff. And if you've seen the movie, you'll you'll know what we're talking about. But, um, but yeah, so I was kind of moderately or 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 tepidly excited for this one because you know we had the bay movies and and you know they were awful but you know they were bombastic and huge and big um then we had bumblebee which i actually liked quite a bit i thought Haley steinfeld was great in that movie i liked the 80s uh, uh time period in that movie i just thought it had a lot of heart and it actually was easily the best transformers movie for me personally and um live action transformers movie um 
so I was kind of looking forward to this because I'm like, okay, my nostalgia for for the Maximals and, and Beast Wars is here. Um, it can't possibly, um, you know, after Bumblebee, you're like, okay, it, maybe they're on the right track. It can't possibly be as bad as the Bay movies. And oh boy, Eric, it's maybe not as bad as those movies, but um, at least those movies uh, were memorable. Uh, I'll start it there. Yeah, with Michael Bay, you know, those films of, you know, the the, the mid 2000s and going into the 2010s, they have a certain distinct stink to them where, you know, it, they're, they're hyper-sexualized, they're, you know, patriotic and warmongering um the racial stereotypes and and offenses of all kind that Michael Bay those bayisms that you're kind of accustomed to in his R-rated action movies in the Brockheimer, you know, canon sort of making their way into essentially a a, a kid or teen franchise in the way that you know the 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 conversation kind of leaned towards how he was treating cast members on set and um, that kind of overly stylized kind of sheen about it was all problematic, but there was a conversation to be had about why those movies don't work. And it's kind of almost fascinating to look at them like you do slasher films as a whole, not individual films, because mm-hmm. I feel like the Sam Witwicky trilogy and the Kate Yeager movies, for the most part, uh, the the double bill of those films they mostly the all kind of the duology they 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 blur together basically and yeah. it's it's almost hard to kind of dissect like what happens in each one which uh, one had the robot testicles or which, w- which one was the, i think two cuz like it was two i know yeah cuz like, two <laughs> is best known for the robot testicles and the racist twins and then yeah. Three is when Megan Fox didn't return because she had the falling out with Michael Bay. And that's when they have one of them has Merlin in it. That is the last night, (laughs) which is the worst film of the franchise. And that's he's played by uh, Stanley Tucci playing a different character from Age of Extinction um, from the last movie, which is the Katie Yeager ones. So that played by Mark Wahlberg. Uh, so there's a lot there where it's like it, it, it almost feels like by the end of each one of those movies, you have exhausted brain cells to the point where you're doing actual damage to yourself. And you mm-hmm. I, I remember with the last night, like literally feeling like I wanted to have an out of body experience because it was just yeah. so exhausting to get through with Transformers Rise of the Beasts it's a different kind of bad and it's yeah. i think actually weirdly more offensive not because it's doing any of the things that i mentioned that michael bay movies not do not legitimately offensive no. but more offensive but it's offensive movie. because <laughs> it's so generic it's so middle of the yeah. road it's kind of making a streamlined blockbuster entertainment but it's not doing anything one way or another to really gain your interest and yes it is taking from the first Transformers movie in that it's kind of centering it on a relationship between a human and a robot, uh, a, a Brooklyn man uh, played by uh, Anthony Ramos in 1994. He plays Noah Diaz and he kind of befriends Mirage 
voiced by an obnoxious uh, Pete Davidson. And it's sort of, you know, their kind of uh, bonding in the way that Sam Witwicky and Bumblebee kind of took on that kind of uh, boy and his transformer uh, relationship over the course of the story. And then they have to save the world from an impending threat. And every movie, as any, I think, summer blockbuster does, the, the threat kind of looms larger and larger to the point where you have to bring in something like Unicron because he is kind of like the ultimate threat. Um, mm-hmm. But ultimately you're watching this thing and you're thinking, okay, like, yeah, it's going to maybe connect with uh, the, the audience that grew up in, in, in the late nineties with that, you know, CGI series, but the beasties are basically window dressing in the, in this yeah. film and the way that the same way that the Dinobots were in, I think, Age of Extinction, where you have these characters that are presented in the forefront and even in the title of this movie, but they're never really a part, a of, part it. of it, with the exception yeah. of exposition and, and Michelle Yeoh voicing Air Razor. And even that you just kind of are almost embarrassed for um you know, someone like that who just won an Oscar and has to deal with delivering lines that are just so stilted and only can be delivered in one manner. Kind of funny though, sometimes. Oh, definitely. I think. I think it's. I think it's the same thing with it's the Fast, Fast franchise yes, franchise yeah. because it's funny when it's sincere, but when it's actually trying to be funny, it's almost unbearable to watch, and it's just it doesn't work. And so when you have you know Peter Cullen randomly saying you know, B as in referring to Bumblebee, yeah. the way that, you know, Dom says little B or, or, or John Cena's character in fast 10 says little B it's just an odd choice. And then again, like centering this in the, in 1994, the year that Pulp Fiction won the Palm door. Um, that was probably happening as this movie was. Yeah. Or it was, or it was just a little bit afterwards because there are some moments where you get like the OJ Simpson Bronco chase and stuff like that in the background, but the very on the nose 1990s. Yeah. And, and, and the soundtrack as well a little bit, although again, a lot of the songs that are used are kind of like, you've heard them in other movies as of late, like especially LL Cool J's mama said, knock you out where it kind of just feels yeah. like, like even in Deadpool too, it just, it's so derivative of the time period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you pretty much nailed it. I'm on the exact same page as you where, you know, I think I don't know. It's hard going back to Bumblebee now because it just feels like I said this in my tweet, like an anomaly of this franchise where you've said it before, too, where Bumblebee is almost just E.T., right? Like they turned it into, you know, uh, uh, an, an alien kind of that more singular focus on little b or big b in this <laughs> big b um worked and i thought Haley steinfeld and, and 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 bumblebee's relationship john cena is a corny villain like i thought so much worked in that movie the set the time period i think worked and the, the i loved seeing you know optimus look like his 80s cartoon version of him and and you know the action in that was easier to follow because the bay movies just was like metal in a blender and i feel like even going back to the title of this movie of just instead of calling it beast wars or or beasties or something like that and actually having this be part of the transformers franchise right where um i think there was some expectations there that just uh you know this being a mainline big deal kind of thing where i guess bumblebee and felt like this offshoot and then then maybe that's why it worked where this just feels like more of the same although it's toned down um but then still 
uh, earnest and, and funny at moments, unintentionally funny, and then you just get kind of um, bored throughout the whole thing where I, I just wish I felt something <laughs> where you just kind of, and I said this, I missed the Bayhem because as, as bad as his movies were, uh, he, he made them feel important even though they were always nonsense and and there was so much bad stuff in there he threw so much money and so many explosions and so much like that first movie did so well that that franchise always made a bazillion dollars every movie felt like this big fucking deal even though what you're watching wasn't uh you know wasn't great where this just i don't know it just feels like People compared it to an episode of the, the Saturday morning cartoon of Transformers, and that's that is how it feels, how it feels. But like in an, for me, I don't use it as a positive. Like it just feels like throwaway, kind of popcorn entertainment that I was ne- not really entertained by. Like it doesn't feel like there's any, you know, heart in the movie. I don't buy the relationship with Mirage and and Anthony Ramos's character um noah and like i just that never works for me the last act has a lot of you know ridiculous over the top action and yeah it's cool to see the maximals and you know you hear the catchphrases and you see them transform finally and like that as a fan of that cartoon as a kid is like for a moment like oh shit okay i'm watching this in this big budget live action movie this is absurd but like it's kind of fun for a moment but that's so fleeting and then every ridiculous choice that it makes and ridiculous piece of dialogue and it's just yes it's funny in one moment but then you're just like what maybe we've outgrown this franchise like and i know it's for kids right like i was a kid when i loved transformers so another movie we're going to be talking about soon like I, i try to put my brain in like okay matt this might not be for you so put yourself in the in the headspace of a, of a 10 year old kid when you loved transformers and would you enjoy this? And they probably are going to. So like, that's the thing, but Eric and I are 35 year old men. Um, we're viewing it from that lens, but I'm like, is it the worst thing in the world? No. Like if you take your 10 year old kid to go see this, are they going to enjoy themselves? Probably. But I was a dumb 10 year old kid too, at one point and liked a lot of crappy movies. So like, it's just one of those things. Like it's this, for me, it's a difficult movie to like even critique because I'm like, there's, it's not bad. It's, but you, like you said, it's the most egregious thing is that it's just kind of nothing. Like it, it, it doesn't add anything. It's not super engaging. It's not super entertaining. The action is kind of just, you know, it feels like every other transformer movie you've seen before, but probably toned down a little bit. Like even the lineup of, of transformers. Yes. Like I love hearing Peter Cullen as Optimus prime, um, you know, but like you said, when you call this movie rise of the beasts, it's not even really about them. Like they're just the like kind of bookends of the movie, right? They are just to deliver exposition and setup and plot, right? Like it's not like this whole thing revolved around them. Like they are kind of sidelined for a huge chunk of the movie. They're introduced them. They introduce the movie and they come back in the last act. And that's kind of disappointing for a movie where they're in the, in the title, right? Like we've seen, 
what what is this number six or seven? seven. Well, it's it's six seven. in the main line, seven yeah, in total because it's total. the spinoff of but Bumblebee. We've seen Optimus and and B and in every single movie, basically, right? And like even with some of the choices they make here, sure. But then why even have them? Like I would have liked a more singular kind of focus if this is supposed to be about the maximals focus them on the maximals right like bumblebee worked because it was a spin-off and you focused on something where when you go back to the world ending the transformers want to get back to cybertron they need to save earth they need to work with a human like i've seen it six times already (laughs) and like is anthony ramos any more engaging than um, Mark Wahlberg or or Shia LaBeouf. Sure, he's a better actor probably than, I mean, Wahlberg can be good in some things, but um, yeah, he he's fine. Like everything is fine. Like I find it so hard <laughs> to like, to like be like, yeah, it's, it's not it, horrible. Like again, but that's more interesting to talk about. I could talk about, you know, the Michael Bay Transformers movies for probably five hours because again, there's six of them or whatever. Um, there's five of them. Yeah, because he, um, he didn't direct the, the so yeah, this one in Bumblebee, right? So Yeah, so he made five of them, and I could probably talk about those for five hours because there's so much shit in those movies, like literally and <laughs> figuratively. Yeah. Um, where this, I just, I don't know. I just kind of sat there emotionless. Like, I agree with you. I didn't really laugh. I think Pete Davidson has overstayed his welcome in everything. Um, I just, like, everything he pops up in now, I'm like, it, I know we have that kind of, you know, person of the week, which is usually person of the year or a couple years in in Hollywood or whatever. And he's that guy right now. But um, it just it's exhausting in a different way than the Bay movies. And I just um, I don't know. It was just kind of nothing. So if you're listening to this and you have a, you know, a young kid who likes the Transformers or if you're like a long time fan you're gonna go see this anyway and you'll have varying degrees of enjoyment like it's it's i don't know i just sat there and at the end of it was like i will forget about this movie in a week and when i'm looking back at the transformers movies yes all five of bay's movies might blend together but i'm going to remember moments from them good or bad from those movies more bad than good um but this, I'll just be like, oh, yeah, that Beast Wars movie came out in, in 2023. I'm like, all right, <laughs> what happened in that one again? I have no idea. So. Yeah, there's not going to be a super cut of, you know, Shia LaBeouf saying no, 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 yeah. no, a hundred times or, you know, that horrible Romeo and Juliet law thing in, in one of the later ones. Again, yes. again, yeah. this is a guilt free experience. So if you want to take your kids to see it, you don't yeah, have to explain to them afterwards how offensive or how inappropriate certain things are. And you should not repeat lines or act mm-hmm. the way that these these human characters behave. But no uh, one wingsuits in in this movie. No one, no one wingsuits into Chicago in the third act. Um, you know, it, there's the globe trotting aspect of this story as well. When they go to Peru, unfortunately, Paddington is not a part of the series, which is feels kind of a, forced, a bummer. Uh, yeah, and 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 again, like it's it's to change the location up, and you know, you're, you're MacGuffins on MacGuffins. On yeah, MacGuffins. well, well, the the, the phallic looking MacGuffin of this, the trans warp key is probably the funniest thing about it unintentionally so because the way that they talk about it and having to go from one location to another it, it just kind of feels like okay well this is the 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 driving force behind you know this film and you never really get a sense of satisfaction when it comes to 
you know, the big battles. I think like talking about one of the things that makes the CGI series great and the 2D series uh, from the 80s wonderful is that they were bright colors and and so vibrant where by the time you get to the big showdown in the third act, you're just watching, you know, this basically this bland beige field with a bunch gray, of gray. Yeah. yeah. Blob of, 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 of CGI, you know, sludge. And, and it's just, it's, it's so exhausting in that way. That is similar to the Michael Bay movies when, when you're watching them and, and going back again to Bumblebee, you also had, Travis Knight directing the film, who's, you know, the head of Leica, uh, Chili T himself. And so he, ha- I think, had more of a comfort with animation. Yeah. And that E.T. through line, even though there's a lot of E.T. references in this movie, felt a little bit more honed in with, you know, Christina Hodgson's writing the script where you have about three or four writers on this. And so the consistency isn't there compared to you know, Bumblebee as kind of a more five writers on this. Yeah, five writers on this. So like more of a singular vision with with Bumblebee overall and 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 something that's a little bit more small scale in terms of its stakes. And I think that that also kind of helped it quite a bit. And nothing against Stephen Capel Jr., who's the director on this. I think like he did a, a fine job with Creed two, even though again not that memorable in terms of the Creed movies, but still sustainable in what it's doing as a sequel. And and here you just kind of feel like almost anybody could have directed this in, in, in a way. And, and, and you have, you know, this, this, the only other human character, the main character is, is Dominique Fishback's Elena, who is this, you know, um, intrepid museum intern who knows her stuff and is, you know, the, the person that doesn't get the credit that she deserves. And you feel so bad for her because she's given absolutely nothing to do other than to just kind of, you know, lead the, the, the main character, uh, Noah into, you know, the next, the, MacGuffin. the next MacGuffin or the next set piece and to kind of look shocked. And, and both actors have done good work previously. I mean, obviously, you know, Ramos has been a part of the Lin-Manuel Miranda crew with Hamilton and in the Heights and, and, and Fishback has done some really good work in, in, in Judas and the Black Messiah. And it's, it's a great paycheck for them. It's, it's bigger roles for them, but there's still, it's still very awkward watching them interact with the Transformers because it just looks for the most part, like they're looking off either uh, in the distance or in the side to well, like see a tennis a ball. Yeah. 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 But some people I think are better at it or at least, have more fun with it where you can tell that they're treating it seriously, which is, which isn't yeah. a bad thing, but at the same time, it, it almost comes off just as um, awkward or artificial as, as any of the other movies. And so when you're watching that, the, that fourth wall of, of being taken out of the film and, and watching, you know, these up and coming actors, you know, trying their best to kind of, you know, make a, a tennis ball in, in their frame of reference work um so it's yeah it's just really it's it's really disappointing when you kind of have maybe a little bit of hope for something especially if you do have even the slightest of attachments and and again the vocal work of 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 a lot of these actors coming in and doing you know voiceovers for the smaller transformer roles you know, Peter Dinklage didn't need to voice the henchman Scourge. Like it, it, it does. It, but Scourge there's... ends up becoming the main villain. I was just going to bring that up, and because Unicron is kind of just—it's hard when you have that Galactus-like 
planet-eating kind of thing because you do have to sideline that type of character for a long time or else they're just going to you know bite earth like an apple right like so when you sideline a carrot sort of cut you off no no it's all right but like um it 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 just felt like okay so the main villain in this movie is is unicron sure unicron's not really in the movie and then you have his henchman as like the main villain yes dinklage great actor great voice works for it i like the element of like he has he's like a trophy hunter and he takes the symbols off of the transformers and like kind of welds them onto his uh his body and even when he transforms it's like a a, a kind of a dark optimus prime because i think he's also a uh, like a, a, a transport truck i believe yeah sort of he's truck. he's a terracon um, for for yeah. unicron yeah and um he has all the logos on the front grill. And I think that's kind of cool from a design standpoint. And I will give these last two movies credit that the design of the transformers uh, using the eighties and nineties designs. Um, we mentioned the colorful thing. It's still not a colorful movie, but at least like the designs of the transformers, I think are much more interesting. They have that more boxy kind of look from the toys and from the animated series. And like, that is continued over here. So, um, so I did like elements of scourge, but in the end, you're just, just like, okay, he's a henchman and this isn't super, uh, you know, interesting. Yeah. But you have to think to yourself, why other than a paycheck, why would you, yeah. you give Peter Dinklage this role? Because you're also, auto-tuning him or putting him to be yeah putting him his voice through a filter the same way that you're putting coleman domingo's voice who who does unicron through kind of a filter and it it almost feels like almost anybody could have done those roles so so why specifically or or cast michelle yo or you know like it's 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 not necessary and then in in previous ones you've had you've had people like you know john goodman uh voice a role and it's like you don't need those actors that quality of actor uh to voice those you can just get the the people that did you know the 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 original beast wars or transformers movies to come in and do that i don't think it's like you have peter cullen right exactly you don't you don't need to have i I thought ron perlman fit for for sure optimus primal but also i agree with you (laughs) yeah it's just like i ron perlman great voice works as that character but i agree with you like for the transformers you i don't think you really need to like i understand the pete davidson thing if you have like a main transformer throughout the whole thing that's kind of a i know mirage isn't necessarily a new like original character or anything but I, I understand that as much as I don't like Pete Davidson or, you know, uh, his performance or anything. But um, I do understand some of that. But then you have this weird mix because you have people like John DiMaggio in there and then you have Peter Cullen and you have people who are voice actors. Right. But then you randomly have Michelle Yeoh and, and, and you know, people like that, where it just feels like this weird mix of, of things where most people aren't even going to know it's those actors, right? So like, yeah. why not use the people who have done these voices before in the animated series? And I think that's always kind of a cool way to, to bridge that they've done these characters for so long. It kind of honors them doing that, the, that work and, and working on those shows and stuff like that. And I think if anything, you're probably going to get better voice performances because they are voice actors, right? Like a lot, that's what a lot of people say in animated movies, you hire celebrities sometimes or not celebrities but actors like big named actors and stuff like that and you're really only doing them so you can slap 
slap their name on a poster, right? Like it's not necessarily like, but you're not even doing that with these yeah. movies. Like you're not actually, yeah, that's true. There's so many people that you really only have like the human actors on the poster and Optimus and prime then, because people yeah. are, are coming for the characters specifically. Kids want to see Optimus prime or Bumblebee. So you're going to put Optimus prime and Bumblebee who they don't care who voices those characters. They just want to yeah, see, true. The, 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 the oh, Autobots and, themselves. And going back, would that, <clears throat> excuse me, would that have helped this movie if we had, you know, the animated series actors? I don't know, maybe a, a little burst of nostalgia for, for me and you hearing those, those voices again or something like that. But I think it's mostly just some of the choices. Like I know the last act, I, I again, um, shout out to Danny Rojas from Ted Lasso as well, because right when he pops in, it's Cristo Fernandez uh, as Wheeljack. And um, I'm like, is that is that Danny Roja? I'm like, oh, yeah, it is. It's very clearly Danny Roja from Ted Lasso. Um, stuff like that. So, I mean, I don't know. And then the last act, um, there's some like some choices that I just I don't want to see in a in a Transformers movie. Like it's just uh, dancing around stuff. But like, yes, there's some it, it's bombastic. It's big. Just like the Bay movies were, but maybe it's easier to follow, but it still ends up, like you said earlier, Eric, just being this kind of open field. A lot of the maximals are, aren't very colorful. They're, you know, gray or black, or, you know, you have 15 Scorpinox running around and stuff like that. So it just becomes kind of, you know, nonsense. Um, but then you have some choices with the, the human characters and, and things like that, where I'm just like, Ooh, this is, I, now I'm starting to actively not like this <laughs> where yeah. before I was just kind of, eh, whatever. Um, but then there's certain choices there, which I, I've gone back and I, I was like, have they done that before? And I did go back and I'm like, okay, that is sort of a thing in this franchise, but like it's, I didn't, I'm just like, it looked goofy and I did not, I did not like it. I'm like, I'm not here for that. I'm here for the, the robot cars to transform. <laughs> but, yes. Know. And without saying that, it's also very funny to see that one of the writers actually also worked on something that kind of one of the designs is very reminiscent of what is presented in the third act here. And I don't even want to say the name of the movie per se, but um, okay. it does feel kind of similar to that as well, where the the, the tech is kind of meeting something that is a, a hybrid kind of force. Um, yeah, that, that third act, and, and I think even moving beyond this movie and what this film is trying to set up feels as though it is grasping at straws when it comes to competing with modern blockbusters. Mm -hmm. You know, the Transformers films have for the most part felt irrelevant um for the last decade or so you know and and yeah. so you know you, you see this movie and kind of what it's doing with its world building you feel as if okay well it's competing with the shape of of you know the modern studio system and and what people want in terms of uh, their spectacle and their world building and with that in mind you know, you, you watch this movie and you get to the end and you think to yourself, okay, I, I don't really know if any of that was necessary. And it just kind of feels like, you know, a, a way to kind of continue on this series where if this was just kind of, again, another more streamlined or singular experience, 
I think this kind of would have been the end of it, really, because how much more room do you? Close, ha- yeah, that's how- what I was just gonna say, right? Like w- this movie's in '94. The first Transformers film is 2007, Seven. right? Yeah. So you're pretty close. I guess you could have another movie take place in the early 2000s or like, you know, at the millennium, I guess six years later, maybe you do it in the year 2000 or something like that. Cause that feels like it's a good middle ground between like, you really can only squeeze in one more movie unless you're resetting the timeline and you, and you like do the X-Men thing where every decade, cause that's basically what they're sort of doing, right. They're yeah. doing the, X, the, the X-Men thing where it's like, okay, first movies, eighties, next movies 90s then you're gonna have one either what 2004 or in in the early 2000s but then you're getting so close to the original movies that i don't know do you do the rogue one thing where it leads directly into the first into the first transformers movie so you really are running out of runway here um not so, like fast and furious yeah no in- <laughs> infinite runway but like so I, yeah i'm with you and the setup is ridiculous and like it feels super forced and i agree with you that like it's just uh where this movie leaves you, um, I it feels like a cheap pop, but I don't know who the pop is, is for. for? I guess it's like it's like because I did say like this is a kids movie, I guess right? Like yeah. and and then you go, do kids care about that? And I, we're dancing around a lot of stuff because we're not allowed to spoil anything. But if you've seen the movie, you know what what we're talking about. And I just. I struggle to go, is anyone asking for this? (laughs) Like, I think we're at a point and I'm curious of how this movie does is like, I think we're okay to like, be like, you know what? It had a good run. It made a ton of money. Uh, We had one good movie. Um, (laughs) Out of seven. um, (laughs) I'll argue the first one, maybe not a good movie is still, I remember really enjoying that movie in 2007, much different time. Um, do you think also because it was the first live action one as well and and that maybe was why absolutely all all plays into it right yeah like um you do have some you know rose-colored glasses for for that for that movie i think um going back and watching it now in a lens today is it objectively a good movie no but like at that time it felt important it felt big it felt like holy shit like we're getting a live action Transformers movie. This is crazy. The scale of everything. That's something we didn't bring up either. It's just like the scale of those Michael Bay movies just felt big. Um, Where I'm just going, I think it's time to like maybe sunset, you know, the Transformers for a while, but it doesn't seem like Hasbro wants to do that. So uh, if they keep making money, they'll keep making these movies. So um, I don't know. Again, if you're 10 years old, uh, are you going to like this movie? Probably. Um, that's the most positive thing I can say. So if you're uh, an adult or, uh, even if you have an affinity for the original Transformers cartoon or Beast Wars, like I I think may, you're going to be curious and you're going to see the movie either way. I think you'll kind of feel somewhere in the middle where you'll either feel nothing or you'll be like, eh, it was okay. Uh, Anything from, I didn't like it to. I never will think about it again to like, it was okay. I think is all valid in this situation. So I think, you know, I'm going to give the movie a two just because it did not work for me. It was just kind of underwhelming and nothing. So uh, that's where I land, but it, I don't know. It is what it is. Yeah. I'm also going to give it a two. And I think it's, 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 again, it comes down to, I understand people giving it a pass in the sense of it's, it's a little bit, less aggressive 
uh, or confrontational in its style and aesthetic than Michael Bay's movie, but or Michael Bay's films. But at the same time, there's not a lot here going on that you could see in any other modern blockbuster, really. And, you know, like it, it's a dime a dozen when you consider like, you know, we have Star Wars, we have Marvel, we have all these other franchises going Spider-Verse, which like Yeah, which I think is ruined uh blockbusters <laughs> going on, you know, moving on for the rest of the summer and maybe for years to come, because it is so well thought out and written and 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 structured where you have something like this. It, I think ultimately what this movie the 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 goal here is just to have fun and For a couple hours, yeah. And really when you're watching this thing, you know, this is one of the shorter if not the shortest of the live action movies and it still feels close to 3 hours just because there's not a lot going on and it's paced in a kind of glacial kind of sense where you spend a lot of time with Anthony Ramos in that first act. We didn't even talk about his kid brother who's sick with a, oh, an yeah. illness that is nondescript. And that's his whole motivational factor to kind of, um, you know, join his buddy to steal cars. And that's kind yeah. of where his friendship with Mirage lands. Like it just, all of that feels so unbelievably tacked on. And, and I think that's why we didn't even talk about it. Right? No, I know. And, 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 and again, like it's, it's like, okay, well you got to give, you know, these actors something to do the same thing with Dominique Fishback having, you know, the, the sense of like, she comes from a background where her father was a cabbie and she, you know, has learned from him that, you know, you always need to look and listen and really be open to the world around you. And, and, and the, the emotions that the actors are, are, are delivering are earnest and they're doing the best they can, but there's just not really much there to work with, unfortunately. And so when you're just sitting there watching it, you're you're there's nothing really that ever engaged again i'm talking from my perspective because again there are people that i think do like it but when you're watching that that relationship between noah and mirage it just falls flat um you know the the battle sequences all kind of feel the same you could you could you could cut a scene from this movie battle sequence wise that maybe doesn't have the beasties in it and put it up against any of the other ones that you've seen in any of the other movies and say, Oh, is this from rise of the beast or is this from one of the other ones? And it would be pretty hard to tell uh, for the most part, I think even, even in the design, like I, I think again, because it's such everything is it, the color palette is all the same. And it's just like that overly saturated kind of gray look that you almost want that those Bayisms again to come back a little bit, not the the offensive stuff, but like almost the cheesy stuff where mm-hmm. you almost need a Lincoln Park or Imagine Dragons song to be scored in a scene because it's almost like do it, go we're, we need to wingsuit in and yeah goes on fire and like because that is a that is a good even though again I I don't think the movie works overall but you know that sequence in the third film in the Sam Witwicky trilogy is a really well-directed action sequence. And whether Bay himself did a lot of work or had the second unit kind of shoot that, that is a, a creative or interesting standout moment. And, and another thing we didn't really talk about as well is that I think you do need, even though it'd be a waste of someone's time, you you do need a couple maybe character actors because Bay has this thing where he always brings Coen Brothers actors into yeah. a lot of these movies, but also his other films as well and just having these two younger actors it's it's almost it feels like you need somebody to kind of be a guide or to kind of kick things off even though again you know 
Anthony Hopkins gave one of his worst performances in in the last night. Stanley uh, Stanley Tucci was terrible. Francis McDormand, John Malkovich, you know, all these people that are. It's a rite of passage if you're a yeah. great character actor to go do a horrible performance and collect that collect that check, man. Yeah, there is one character know. actor in this that I do really like, but again, like it's hard to talk about because of just like the spoiler stuff. But yeah. he's he's not really as well known as as the people I just mentioned. So yeah, uh, but it's good to see him pop up whenever he does. So yeah, uh, yeah, I, but maybe not in this case. No, Anyways, no, no. Uh, Thank you all for listening or watching. We really do appreciate it. Uh, Eric and I will be back kind of in full force in the next little while. We've been kind of uh, soft launching um, back into uh, uh, recording and doing reviews and stuff like that. But we should have a review soon for Elemental for... um, Asteroid (laughs) City. Asteroid City. uh, Indiana Jones. The Flash. uh, the flash a bunch of things that we'll be seeing um or have seen in the last little while so um you should be getting more and more of this uh in the next couple weeks um i'm glad to be back uh, appreciate everyone for your patience and other things so and everyone who reached out after that last episode i appreciate you as well um i know i opened up a little bit um at the end of that episode of what was going on and we'll still get back to the main show the untitled movie podcast soon um we're just trying to you know again soft launch do a couple reviews and then we'll pick up the pace a little bit and, and kind of do some more stuff eric and i are going to a dragon ball concert tonight so that should <laughs> yeah be we'll talk about that and uh uh different things like that so um uh until next time uh, you can follow me on all those social medias at matt Rohrbeck and uh make sure to let him come everyone <laughs> And I'm Eric Marchand. You can you can find more of my video reviews on rogerstv.com slash cinemascene and on all the social medias at EM6211. We also have a Letterbox account, yeah. um, which is untitled. Is it underscore movies? I can never yeah, remember. Untitled these. underscore movies. I know. We got it. We're it's been a while. You know, we're getting back into the groove. The Letterbox will be at, back up and updated and all that kind of stuff. So um, we'll be back at everything in the next little while and we'll get these outros and intros back on track because uh, we're a little rusty. Uh, just like this franchise. Yes. Bye, everyone. <laughs>